Hello and welcome to IG Tech Talk. Guess who's back? Justin Simpson is back. And he is going to be on us a special space update. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. Uh, I know he is excited as well. So let's let's dive into this. Hello and welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward. And today we have a very special space episode, space update, I should say, with Justin Simpson. He is back again. He's been out for a little while, but he's back. And it's going to be a longer episode. It might run uh, 45 minutes at best. Um, so tune in because we have a lot to cover. There's going to be some great stuff. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining me. Oh, dude, it is so good to be back. And man, boy, has it been a month, Joel. Um, yes, it has. been so much progress, excitement happening across the board in space news and updates. And uh, this isn't just cool stuff. Like I am literally excited because I think we're just seeing stuff really on the beginning phases mm -hmm. of just incredible things are about to happen this year, man. So just so much good stuff we got to cover today. So I'm looking forward to it. So let's let's dive into it then. What do you got for me today that's, that has, is happening in the space world as we know it? So we're going to have to back up a little bit because we got some some things to catch up on. So first off, let's talk about Mars. Mars is obviously okay. getting a ton of news right now because of the Perseverance rover landing. Mm -hmm. Now, one unique facet of this was an experiment, not a primary mission objective, and that was through the Mars helicopter called Ingenuity. <clears throat> now, Ingenuity is basically a drone <laughs> for all intents and purposes. <laughs> it's, it's a four-pound drone. And it's unique in the fact that this, if successful, was going to be the first flight on another world. And this is unique because obviously, you know, we're just over 100 years now of human flight on Earth, conquering mm -hmm. the air. And trying to do that on a different planet is a whole nother ball game. You have to factor in the, um, that the Mars atmosphere is definitely not like Earth's. Obviously, you can't breathe no. Mars's atmosphere, but it's much thinner. So to design this, Joel, they had to build a very small, lightweight ro um, drone that had a very fast RPM speed. So the, the RPM or the rotational speed of the rotors in the top go almost four times as fast as what a normal helicopter does here on Earth to conquer that there's just a thinner atmosphere. So just really neat that they that a lot of design went in this thing. Of course, it's solar powered. It, it was actually That's carried really cool, on though. the bottom of the person. What was that? That's really cool that it's solar powered because, you know, they don't really have, they can't really rely on much batteries up there like to just work. That's right. That's right. And uh, the other cool thing is obviously the, the eventual goal of this is it will be able to kind of hop from place to place. So it just hops mm -hmm. and stops and waits for it to charge and go. Um, but really unique how this thing actually even arrived under on the bottom side of the Perseverance rotor, and then it literally just dropped it and then unfolded. And uh, back in the last part of April, we saw it take flight. And again, very unique in the fact that we don't get to see any of this live. Um, again, Mars is um, at fastest six to seven minutes of a radio signal. So all mm. this is pre-programmed flight, and literally they press go. And then they wait, and then hopefully they get something back. And literally, I was actually watching the live stream of this happening. And what they were getting excited about was a little graph that showed altitude. So literally, it wasn't even pictures or anything yet. It just said, my altitude was zero, my altitude went to 10 feet, and my altitude came back down in a normal fashion without crashing. So it's just, just craziness that we, we have had now flight on another planet. 
so technically we technically have had life on mars like well, not human life but android life ai life even if you would if you want to classify yeah, there you it. go <laughs> i was actually thinking you know like the the first the first powered flights uh, on uh on earth here of course that you had a human occupant on board and we mm. counted it you know we never counted kites flying because they didn't have anybody on board and of course now we're counting flight but it, i mean it, i'm not i'm not trying to minimize this is a wonderful accomplishment but now like you said the ai the drone gets the credit as, as having the flight over mars so just really cool stuff man yeah and i you know i, I find it very phenomenal how we have gone so far in and I, I know we i think we've talked about this before but like in the last even 20 years because think about like today i just got a notification that it's been 20 years since the xbox has launched and, and it's been wow. it's it, that's a phenomenal thing because i was like 2001 uh, you know it's been out for 20 years like and in the last 20 years from since then i and let's say 30 because i'm 30 now in the last 30 years since i've been alive things and you you know you you and me are the same age we have seen such advances in technology and space flight and and human ingenuity everything has changed in the last few years it, it, it's it's exciting it's new uh we've had several you know oh sorry the fly in my face we've had several um with backdraws where things have just you know we have kind of like we're, we're not flying cars yet we don't have this but we have made advancements to where I, i'm surprised that you know like cell phones and all this stuff and now we have flight on mars like it, you know thinking a few years ago, I never would have thought I would have lived to have seen a uh, private space flight uh, like Elon Musk is continuing to do uh, and, and to have NASA get a rover with a little drone. I, I actually haven't seen it on Mars, on Mars. And it, and, and it blows my mind to think that we are we have come that far. So what else do you got for me that we can unpack in this in this space episode? Well, what else do you got for me? Well, I want to talk a little more about the helicopter before we get past that. Okay. That's that. Since the, um, the first flight, which was in um, late April, they have had now five successful flights. So the, the goal for that helicopter was basically to last for 30 days and have five flights. So everything that they get now is basically bonus. And actually the fifth flight that they just did, this is the first time it has left home for good. So all the other flights, it's either been up and then down or up and then it goes a little bit and then comes back home. And this final flight actually took off and went to another location. And then of course, they're gonna to try to get more out of this, but we're getting aerial photography back. We've gotten pictures of the actual Rover on Mars. We've gotten pictures wow. of Perseverance, which is neat. These are things we've never had before. And, and I just really see, again, this is a, a demonstration, an experiment. It really doesn't even have part of the, the main mission goals on it. But imagine, like, so, so right now, when we have looked at other planets, we have always looked at them from orbit, through telescopes, mm -hmm. or from the eyes of a rover. And a rover can do great things, but even the rovers on the planets that we have them maybe have covered, and I'm pointing this from memory, like maybe 50, 100 miles total of yeah. their total track. That's not that far on an entire planet. If this technology is proven and enlarged, you have a very good idea. Like you could do entire areas of photo surveying or you could do 3D imagery of it and you could find stuff more than what we can right now. So I think this technology, keep your eye on it. I think that there's going to be more coming. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really, really cool. Again, as a bonus mission, uh, I, I just think they've done really good. Kind of neat too. They actually called 
um, their flight spot on Mars Wright Brothers Field. I thought that was pretty cool. So they actually that named cool. it on the, the area they're at at the at the crater. So I think yeah, so even... that, that's really cool. So we've got our our flight there on Mars. Mm-hmm. Let's shift back here. You mentioned it already. Let's talk about human space flight down here on Earth. Down here, like you know, it's just it's Earth. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Blue Blue Origin has been making strides, and we've talked about this with their new Shepard launch vehicle and their goal of having basically consumer astronauts, people that just want to go up for a ride. And we finally have that coming. It looks like in July, Joel, in July of this year. Yeah, I've got July 20th on my screen up here. July 20th, they're launching. Yes, that that is the goal right now. And again, we have never, ever had this before where people can literally book a space flight like they want to, you know, hop on a plane. Um, And I'll be honest, like I have... A lot of respect for Blue Origin. They have done an exceedingly mm-hmm. good job of testing and development on their vehicle. Um, and I would tell anyone going on there, there's always risk. And obviously, this is still new technology. But I think the risk is much mitigated on their vehicle. Um, and it's it's kind of neat too. So um, they actually have not released pricey yet because get this, the very first seat of this flight, and there's six seats that are available per flight. The first seat that they have up is up for auction. And right now it's under a blind auction phase. So you can put anything on there. And I guarantee you there's going to be people with money dumping tons and tons of money into that. It's actually a good um, it's a good financial decision for Blue Origin because that first seat, I guarantee you, is going to be well overpriced what the normal cost is. Just, you know, yeah. people want the right to have their first seat. And that, of course, that extra revenue helps their their cause. Um, but at the, uh, so they have closed bidding for three weeks and that's going to kind of end up here at the end of May. And then for the final week of bidding, it will be live and you can see what the results are. And I am, so, I'm very curious to see what those will be. Yeah, so actually I'm reading, I got this on my screen up here. So if I look up a couple of times, I'm reading it. Uh, the winning bid, let me just scroll down here. The winning bid amount will be donated to Blue Origins Foundation Club for the Future to inspire future generations to pursue careers in STEM and help invent the future of life in space. That is what the winning bid. Yeah, so the winning bid's not going to Blue Origin. It's going to, well, it will be going to Blue Origin, but it'll be going to help invest in the future of young uh, space entrepreneurs, as it were. (laughs) That's what we'll call them, young space entrepreneurs. Man, I want to be what? Can I be a space entrepreneur? I mean, that sounds (laughs) cool. That does. I like. I, I just thought that term, but maybe more like more like space. Um, oh, I can't think. I came up with that now. It's not. I I think it's great that they're investing, though. I think it's great that they're going to help future generations grow in in space because that's as Elon Musk has said. That is the future. That is where he he has said multiple times, and I I haven't heard what Blue Origins thing is, but SpaceX wants to make it interplanetary. And I think that if we invest in the future space and we make interplanetary a success, you know, that's great because we can invest in businesses on the on Mars. <laughs> I mean, think right. about that. Businesses on Mars or 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 um science projects on Mars. Whereas like we can have a whole science lab on Mars where people can go see it or travel. I think there's so many possibilities and we're going to dive into that more later in the show about the moon and Mars, but there's just so much possibilities as far as like investing in this future space, because if, if we don't invest in the future generations, who's going to, who's going to help them out when they need the funding? Cause right now NASA's really bogged down as far as funding goes, cause they're funded by the federal government, but private space force 
I mean, has come a long way because they're getting private funding, not federal funding. And I've seen a lot more happen with the private funding than I've seen with federal funding. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but, no, that's, but it's, that's my thoughts on that. It's so true. Like the commercialized side of spaceflight, I'll be honest, we didn't know if it was going to be profitable or not. Because before yeah. you think in the space shuttle era, I mean, all the commercial interests, satellite deployments and cable TV satellites, communication, <laughs> all that was done uh, by NASA. And yeah. uh, now we're in this phase where NASA is bogged down is a very gracious word. So we're going to we're going to roll with that one today. bogged <laughs> down with other things. And, you know, you see companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin that are ready to step up. But this new aspect, this new angle that they have of literary commercial spaceflight where people can just go to space. Yeah, this has been untapped. We've never seen this before. And you kind of mentioned this too. like imagine, for example, if I want to run my own experiment, let's say that I'm a scientist, I have my own lab. There's no way I might be able to get funding to throw an experiment up in space. What if I took it myself to space? I could book my own seat and do it that way. Um, Yeah. And then you just have the the tourist capability of it where, you know, you can hop one and see it. And and what I really think, Joel, and uh, beyond the the scientific knowledge and the enjoyment side, Mm -hmm. I, I really think that and this is the experience I hope to have one day. I would like to see the Earth from orbit. And, yes. and I'm really believing that once an individual sees Earth from orbit, I don't think they can leave the same way. I, mm-hmm. I think when you see the, the planet as a whole, um, that I think it naturally has to shift your perspective a little bit of people as a whole. And mm-hmm. I really think that this could really be, be some, some really good influences in the future for people that go as coming back and being a force for good and, and really just seeing a, a more unified approach to society and all this. And I don't mean to belabor that point, but I, I, I really no, no, see no, I, got, I like that. So many great aspects. No, there's, there's this, yeah, I, I, I think the perspective change is a good point because you go up to space and you're not just going, you're going up to have fun and, and, and you come back. I, I, I want, I hope, I hope people come back and they're like, after seeing the earth in its, in its beauty from outside of our, earthly boundaries seeing it from up high just seeing the beauty of it all um i hope people come back with a better perspective on life and humanity because you know humanity is 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 so wonderful there's so much that you can do through humanity and humanity has done a lot and and i feel like if people were to see it from a different perspective from a from a view above uh, uh where humanity's at like looking down on all of humanity and saying wow like that's where that's where I live, and that's that's Earth, and that's our home. And, and then then going moving past it, let's move past that, going to Mars, and then we get people on Mars and people are living there and stuff, and they have a much better appreciation. They're like, wow, I miss home. Home is so far away, but seeing outside of people who are going to travel, seeing Earth, you know, I'm sure the astronauts on the International Space Station have a much better appreciation of home being up there for so long and then coming home and they're like, wow, like that was a lot. And, and I feel like the, like what you said, the appreciation will change, uh, seeing earth from a different perspective. I like that. I really like that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's 
again, we're, we're already just months away from seeing that happen. And again, it's space flight to our listeners. You know that if there's a date, doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. You've yes. got tons of delays. Um, I've had some of the people that follow me, I've been encouraging them to see a rocket launch. It's been delayed six times now. It might fly tonight. But um, so again, that's is a space, but keep an eye on that. And I, if I were to guess, Joel, and this is just my guesstimate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that probably the seats on that flight are typically going to go for about $250,000 per okay. seat. That That is a lot of money for an eight-minute flight. Um, yeah. But if I can compare this to, of course, to Elon Musk and Tesla and SpaceX, when Teslas first started coming out, they were ridiculously expensive because – not that the car cost that much because mm-hmm. Tesla was building other things in the background that were more consumer friendly. So my expectation is you will see something similar here where the seats will be enormously mm-hmm. expensive to start with and give it a decade. And I see it going down. Um, I think that these seats within a decade, I, I would hope that they're probably five figures instead of six figures. So under a hundred thousand dollars. And again, yeah. first, if that's a priority in your life, that that can be that can be a goal that can be attained. Well, so. if the seat if the seat let's say the seat went for nine thousand, I would spend I would save up for that and I would take the nine thousand and I would go on that flight. I don't know if it's going to get that cheap, but yeah, well, if it was that well, much, one can hope. One can hope. <laughs> if it was that cheap, yes, I think I would book multiple if I could. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Blue Origin's doing some great stuff. Now let's let's go to the dark side of Blue Origin now. So um, there's been a lot of buzz in the community for the last few months about NASA's proposed moon landing. Mm-hmm. And NASA, again, and I, I love your terminology, Joel, so I'm going to keep using it because it was so gracious. <laughs> NASA's bogged down. We'll go yes. with that. So um, NASA has decided they want to relinquish a little bit of commercial entities to some of the moon landings. So they put out a proposal bid um, several months ago. There were a few people that came back and bid on it. And one of them being SpaceX. We were all shocked to see SpaceX in the running on this because SpaceX bid the Starship. Starship is never designed to land on the moon. If anything, it's like overkill. It's like taking a semi to go camping, like a semi truck. Like you don't need that much stuff with you. Um, and we were really shocked to, to see them in the running. And it was a very lucrative contract to the tune of $2.9 billion, with a B, billion dollars. And uh, anyway, so basically NASA very quickly awarded SpaceX this contract and we all celebrated, including me. Now, now here's where this story is a little bit interesting and we need to dive into this before we get into Blue Origin and what they did. Um, Normally NASA always, always selects two people to fulfill a contract, always. And the reason for that is redundancy. That Mm -hmm. if one company has an issue or cannot meet a deadline that you have another that can fulfill what you need to get accomplished. With NASA, they're big about kind of hitting their deadlines. It's amazing. They will hold other people to their deadlines, but not themselves. I'm being so mean. They, they're they bogged <laughs> down right now, Joel. Anyway. No, um, look, that's my that's my take on it. Anybody can crucify me for that, but I NASA has been so slow about it, and yet we've seen SpaceX doing so much more and Blue Origin doing so much more. So I apologize to anybody who's like hating on me for that, but... NASA's not really going anywhere, people. They're really they're really slow about things. But ever, and, look, and like, we'll, we'll I, <laughs> I love NASA. Like I'm I'm not gonna get mad at NASA, but dear goodness, like you said, Joel, everybody else is making such bigger strides right now. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, people, like you need to do something. But anyway, um, 
we should do an episode on NASA just to make them feel. We better. should. We should. <laughs> anyway, so hey, everybody, future episode. Just Dustin's gonna be on to talk about NASA. Yeah, we'll be we'll be on nice. <laughs> so a nice to NASA episode. That's what we'll call it. Um, but anyway, so going back to the the space contract, woohoo! SpaceX gets it for the moon landing, mm-hmm. and um, it was a little bit shady how it happened, Joel. So. There was a news break on the Friday that this happened that someone had gotten an internal document from NASA saying that SpaceX had won this contract. Somehow they got this document. All of a sudden, NASA puts together a a press conference at 4 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, which again is really odd. Like that is like, I need to get this information out now. It's like there was a little bit of fear. And basically they announced that SpaceX was going to be the only one they were awarding it to with no redundancy. Now, okay. I can tell you, for my love of SpaceX and for the Starship vehicle, this is a win-win. It costs less. It can carry a ton more. I mean, if it works, it's going to be it's going to be spectacular. So, but Blue Origin and Jeff Bezos at Amazon, mm-hmm. who owns Blue Origin, I will give him some credit. He came back and threw a little bit of a fit. And he said, NASA, you've always awarded two contracts. This doesn't seem fair. There should be redundancy. How did you arrive at this decision so quickly? I don't think you did what you normally did. So all of a sudden, NASA, then the following week, they pulled back that contract. And right now it's in limbo. Um, and so they, they are discussing the finer points. I don't know. Like I do think that Jeff Bezos' argument is valid. Um, but by the same token, like... I think that SpaceX has proven that they can deliver, and I think this is going to work great. But interestingly enough, and we'll kind of continue to shift here, um, interestingly enough, uh, one of the talking points that came out is you, SpaceX submitted on blue on for the, um, the moon lander mm-hmm. to be Starship. And one point that came out was, well, Starship is not a test-proven vehicle. Like, how can they, how can you go with one provider that, you know, obviously this is a brand new vehicle. It doesn't work. Now, again, from the perspective of all the other companies, none of their vehicles have even flown yet, but still, okay, yeah. so valid point, I guess. But I found it interesting <laughs> that, okay, so they say, you know, one, one of the talking points is, you know, Starship hasn't flown or landed successfully. Are you sure about this? Then last week, we had the most amazing thing finally happen, and that is SN15. Uh, spaceship number 15 um, from Boca Chica, Texas, successfully took off and landed. And this is a huge feat, a huge accomplishment uh, for SpaceX. And, and Joel, I know that you were really excited about that too, just finally seeing that happen. Yeah, I uh, I was watching that at, at, well, a live feed from it, and I was like on my seat. I'm like, come on, land correctly because we need this. We all need this. And, and you know, I'm going to go back to what you said real quick for a few minutes. Um, all the other vehicles haven't really had a chance. Like they really haven't proven themselves. But we look at Elon Musk's vehicles, and we were talking about this on a phone call yesterday. Um, whereas, what was it? The um, his one shuttle, his one rocket has flown. Would you say fifteen, ten or fifteen times now? Ten times. We're going to talk about yeah. that in a minute. Don't yeah. My and that's <laughs> and, and and it's like he's proven. He's proven that his vehicles are successful. Where and, and he's had some flaws. He's had some failures. But I just witnessed Starship 15, or yeah, Starship number, Spaceship number 15, land successfully. Now, it did have its hiccups, but it landed. And, and, you know, for Jess Bezos to come in and say, well, it's not, it's not tested yet. Well, if they do another launch before this contract happens and they land it successfully, uh, well, Jeff Bezos, let's see your rocket do that. Let's see, I want to see your moon rocket, because... 
it, it, here's my opinion on this. Jeff Bezos has a rocket that sends people up into space, low orbit, uh, you know, low orbit. How is he going to come up with a rocket to send people to space? I haven't, see, that's my question. Where is he, how is he going to get him into, onto the moon? He doesn't have a rocket that can go to the moon. Starship's more so capable of going to the moon. There's a possibility that the basically the design that either one of these other companies like Blue Origin uh -huh. comes up with, there's called Blue Moon. Um, they may not need to develop the vehicle for that. They may subcontract out to somebody else. I mean, even somebody like SpaceX could take that to the moon for them. So I don't see that as a particular problem. The unique thing with Starship is that once the whole setup is successful, there is good potential of that. But you did bring up a good point, Joel. To this point, I mean, Elon, I mean, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin have not even been orbital yet. They've mm -hmm. only been suborbital. They've only shot stuff up and it's come right back down. And Elon's got so much more experience. And again, he is just really working the R&D on Starship. And again, I think it's a no-brainer. If that thing is successful, the amount of bang you get from your buck from for NASA choosing SpaceX, how much that they can um, send to the moon, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. I mean, you're talking tons. I, I'm not saying that like literally, I mean, tons upon tons of equipment, like to the tune of 30 tons. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that could easily go to the moon very, very easily. Um, no, another talking point that came out was, um, and if you've seen the enormous monstrosity that Starship is, was the, the talk of, well, once it gets to the moon, how are they going to unload it? And so SpaceX actually quickly designed a space elevator for the Starship. So that way they can lower down because the Starship vehicle is huge. It's mm -hmm. it's a uh, it's it's quite a large vehicle. So getting that down several stories would be a challenge. But uh, so but they've done that. They've met all these things, and um, I think I think SpaceX will still be awarded the contract. I don't know if they're going to have to share it with someone like Jeff Bezos, but I guarantee that 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 I think that um, Elon's going to have his chance of sending Starship to the moon. And what better proof now that SM15 well, has done that? Even if he doesn't get awarded the contract, I see Elon still going to the moon, regardless oh, yeah. of what NASA says. Regardless <laughs> of what NASA says, because they don't control the moon. No one really owns the moon. If 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 Jeff Bezos, if Elon Musk wants to go to the moon or he wants to go to Mars, he's going to send people to Mars or the moon. He doesn't care what people say. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's the only person that has the technology to do this. He's the only the person that's got the money to do this. I mean, yeah. Elon Musk is blowing up starships until he can get the right one. So, um, I mean, I just and back to back to the SN15 landing tons of respect to the spacex team and just to show like sn15 had a ton of design improvements um, over the previous starships and one thing that we noticed and i don't think there's been an official statement not that i've seen yet um, but one thing we noticed is when that rocket landed on um, that rocket is supposed to um, have a certain number of engines fire and land mm -hmm. so it's supposed to have three engines light and then go to, down to one engine for final landing and when we saw this land, we, we saw that not three engines lighted, which in history, when that has happened, it has crashed and burned. But this time, um, apparently, only two engines lit, and it stayed with two engines till touchdown. And the best thing that we have determined so far is that um, we believe that SN15 realized during flight that one of its engines was not performing as well. And it automatically, without help from the ground, made the choice. And again, talk about AI and software development. Mm -hmm. It made the choice that it, it's probably not going to do what's supposed to do. Instead of using three, we're going to use two at more thrust and land with those two. And again, this just goes to show that 
this vehicle is designed very well, but also can mm-hmm. make adjustments even when things aren't perfect. So um, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with it. Um, that I, I've seen them moving at SN15 around from the Boca Chica site, and there's a there's a possibility that it may fly another time. And if that happens, that will be that'll be real real exciting. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, my kids are running around the stairs and it's catching on the mic. That's why I muted my mic for a second. Uh, no, I I'm really excited. And and you know we had a phone conversation the other day about that. And I think it's like it just blows my mind how AI powers up. Like the camera I'm using, uh, which people if they're if you're listening to the stream on um, if you're listening to the podcast on the podcast at, on Spotify, you're not going to see the camera. But if you're on YouTube, I have an AI powered camera. AI has come so far since the dawn of time where it's like it can literally catch the little miscule things that we we don't catch and adjusting the engines because one engine wasn't misperforming and and maybe that wasn't the case but if it was that is phenomenal because it caught something that not maybe even the humans didn't catch and that's great because it saved the rocket and that means it has successful launch so i'm looking forward to seeing what the next launch is going to be like and hopefully that's sometime soon seeing what we what we get from the launch so yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah, keep keep your eyes on Boca Chica. So we have at least five more starships that are already under construction. And probably the thing that we're most curious about right now is uh, BN1, or actually mm-hmm. BN2. BN1 is the first booster that's built that's been built for Starship. Um, and the first one was just proof of concept. The second one is in construction. And that will need to fly here in the near future. Once both of those pieces are proven, we can have an orbital launch. And if we have that again, worlds of possible, like even Mars is, is amazing. But like mm-hmm. once we have this thing in orbit, you're talking about a vehicle that can carry more than the shuttle. You're talking about larger telescopes than we've ever built before, like just incredible possibilities. So keep your eyes on Boca Chica. Um, there's going to be a lot of more cool things happening down there. And uh, I think Elon's already said this, and I'm going to say it mm-hmm. too. I am relatively confident that they will have an orbital flight of Starship this year um, as a test proof of concept. But I'm pretty sure you're going to see that happen. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting for sure. Yes, and I I'm looking forward to that because an orbital launch is something that you know he's already sent um, the Dragon capsule to the space station with one of his other um, rockets, and but now Starship. For its, if we see a, a orbital launch, a successful orbital launch, um, orbital launch and landing, let's put it that way, orbital launch and landing, that that just that will blow everybody out of the water, and they'll be like, oh, including NASA, he, yeah, and NASA who, <laughs> who who had a rocket that they haven't they haven't commissioned because we talked about this in the episode pre prior where they've been using Russia, they haven't been using their art. They haven't been using American-made rockets. They've been using Russian-made rockets. So when we sent the Dragon capsule up, we sent it with American-made a capsule. So that that was important. That's an important factor in this. Now, if Starship lands successfully from an orbital launch, that makes it the first in a while big bigger spaceships because it's a huge, uh, it's huge, um, huge craft spacecraft to land to launch and land from orbit and that would be a phenomenal step in in humanity's race to space um and and right now uh, you know the space race was a long time ago but here's my here's my here's my argument on this the space race is continuing because the space race has stepped into a new 
field, whereas people are launching bigger and better rockets and things that can get us farther into space. Um, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Jeff Bezos, I keep saying Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk is looking to send that starship at some point in hopefully in the next couple of years to Mars, maybe with people, maybe not with people just to do a test. And if it successfully gets there and maybe stays there with all that stuff and lands successfully and we have a successful launch with that and a successful landing on Mars, I mean, you know, I, I'm here's the thing. I'm going to be waiting when he launches that to Mars. I'm going to be cringing on my seat every day until I see that thing land on Mars's soil because that's going to be a success for humanity and a success for Elon Musk because he will have successfully. Now we've had the rovers right there right now, but that's a rover. That's a small little thing. He lands a ship the size of Star Starship on Mars. That's something that no one else has done. So correct. I look forward I, to seeing. Sorry, I I look forward to seeing what he has to offer and what what the next space race is continuing to do. So I can I can tell you that if. If Elon's saying we're going to get this thing orbital within 2021, the next time that Mars is close is in 2022. So every two years, Mars mm -hmm. gets close when you have the optimal time to launch mm -hmm. a vehicle there for the, the most um, fuel-efficient burn, if you will. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's a distinct possibility, Joel. Um, I don't think you're going to see people on that mm -hmm. craft. But I could see him sending just supplies and saying, you know, if it makes it there, great. And if it doesn't, well, it was a test. So, um, but I mean, he's going to have that proof of concept. But I mean, if he has that successful 2024, it couldn't, again, looking at the Mars transit dates, mm -hmm. 2024, you could be looking at, get this, not just one, you could have like a fleet going. If he's got multiple ones built and ready, you could have seriously a fleet um, with supplies and people. And again, I, I think about um, whenever um, America, you know, the, the Puritans came over to America, you, or was it Chris? My history is horrible. Was it Christopher Columbus that had the multiple yes. ships? The yeah. Nina Pinta and the Santa Maria? Yes, that was Christopher, um, that was Christopher Columbus. Yeah, but, I um, yeah. Again, the idea <laughs> that if you have one shipwrecked, you have others that can get there. And I could definitely see mm -hmm. that as a possibility. He has not announced that yet, but I could definitely see that. So, um, one more thing that I want to bring up, and then I think we can put a bow tie on this episode, is we're talking about all these landings and the success of SpaceX. Mm -hmm. You alluded to this before. We cannot finish this without talking about Booster 1051. Mm -hmm. And that is the first booster that has successfully been launched and landed 10 times. We've never seen this in the history of humanity. Um, mm -hmm. and, some, and this has been Elon's target is... 10 times use out of a booster. That's what makes it exceedingly cost-effective for his business and marketing model of uh, SpaceX. So um, now he has also said kind of off the record that with proper refurbishment, that these could potentially even launch up to 100 times. But, but 10 wow. was the number to hit. If he gets 10, he can have a fleet of boosters mm -hmm. at his disposal. And NASA has already said that these are approved for human spaceflight. Uh, we've actually wow. launched humans on one of these reused boosters. So um, NASA's fine with it. Of course, Elon's got no problem with it. Um, but just to go to show you, um, I, I think that SpaceX is doing phenomenal. And just that a 10th booster, booster mm -hmm. landing, Joel, is just, it's unheard of. It's, it's incredible. So again, congrats to the team at SpaceX. They're doing a yeah. fantastic job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I look forward to seeing what the next steps Elon Musk is going to take. He's been taking a lot of flack lately. I feel bad for him because, you know, He's made more space advancements than NASA, 
and any other company at this point because he has he has pushed the boundaries of space and he continually does that uh, and you know what people give him such heck about stuff but you know what they what they're overlooking is that he has done more in private space flight than even NASA has done in the last few years of space flight like of actual space flight um he and, and let's let's talk real quick just a few seconds um Starlink in the last couple weeks he has sent stuff up to the Starlink satellites up and it has connected the internet to places that didn't have internet and it's like you know people are like saying oh Elon this Elon that but you know he has put things in action he's he's done what he said and he has put space flight on the top of his list he has put Starlink at the top of his list he has made it possible and and, and the internet thing you know Facebook tried to do that Facebook wanted to blanket Africa with all this stuff to for free internet and stuff for people who didn't have it but you don't hear anything about it but starlink has been making waves because like it's becoming accessible in places that weren't accessible before so i look forward to seeing what the next few steps that elon's going to take i look forward to seeing what blue origin is going to do i really hope that in the next few years we see um a progression towards uh, a succession in interplanetary uh ex interplanetary uh habitation but who knows? We we just have to wait and see. We we don't know the future, and 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 you know Elon Elon is is not a genie. We can't just tell him to do something. He will he will do it in his own terms. So, but uh, Justin, it's been awesome having you on the show. I I look forward Absolutely. to our next space update. I I um we're going to have you on the show, and I think it's next week. I'm pretty sure it's next week. Yes. Um, talking about forex and some stuff like that. So we'll be we discussing stocks, forex, and stuff. So please, everybody, tune in to hear that one. That one's gonna be interesting because we don't really talk about stocks on the show, so it's gonna be interesting. Uh, but so please tune in, stay tuned because Justin will be coming back on here. I would say a month, maybe, for another space update, depending on what we get uh, as far as the space race. So please stay tuned and uh, stay updated on this. Uh, Justin, thanks again. Uh, everybody stay safe out there and we'll see you in the next one. That fly is like...